Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. If you have, for the past year, been a listener of this program, you will know that you will know that I am a huge Second Amendment supporter, that I, since childhood, have been exposed to firearms. Now, we were always responsible about it. I can remember some of my earliest memories uh, about guns were actually not in the presence of a firearm at all, but rather uh, sitting cross-legged on the living room floor watching the VHS tape the NRA sent us, uh, Eddie Eagle. Stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. Stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. I imagine that uh, pretty soon when uh, Piper's mom, my beautiful wife, will let her watch cartoons, I'll uh, be showing her the Eddie Eagle video myself. Stop, don't touch, leave the area, tell an adult. Anyway, it was from a very young age that I uh, was I was exposed to firearms. I'm a huge fan. And so whenever the regulatory or political winds shift and they may have an impact on uh, firearms, the Second Amendment, or anything in that sphere, uh, it's always got my attention. And the past number of years have uh, been a wild ride for firearms owners. There have been uh, a number of things that have uh, indicated there may be an appetite for enhanced regulation. One of the uh, interesting realities when it comes to the popularity of firearms, ammunition, and also the stock price of publicly traded companies that uh, either manufacture firearms or are adjacent to that manufacturing, uh, you'll see a spike. And that has been the case as now President-elect Biden has uh, you know, apparently become the next president of the United States. And if you're if you're a firearms guy or gal like me and you head off to the sporting goods store trying to find the ammunition that you're accustomed to seeing there on the shelf, you're probably going to uh, run headlong into a scarcity and maybe a bare shelf. And it's all due to this, oh, shoot, we got to buy this up because the Democrats are about to uh, take the White House and uh, with that power, take away our guns. Let's for a moment, ha- or for, before we go any further, let me just say that that in case, anyway, that fear may be invalid. We may not necessarily have reason to fear a dramatic uptick in gun regulation and firearms regulation in the next administration. I'll explain why in just a moment, but let me uh, first go back to uh, now President-elect Joe Biden's campaign website and read for you some of the uh, some of the plans that he has in his effort to, quote, uh, end our gun violence epidemic. The Biden plan to end our gun violence epidemic. This is in the gun safety portion of his campaign website, JoeBiden.com. It first off starts with uh, an assertion that he will hold gun manufacturers accountable. The paragraph reads, in 2005, then-Senator Biden voted against the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, but gun manufacturers successfully lobbied Congress to secure its passage. 
This law protects these manufacturers from being held civilly liable for their products, a protection granted to no other industry. President-elect Biden says he will prioritize repealing that protection. And now to some of the more specifics. Excuse me. The website and the plan by now President-elect Biden reads uh, he will ban the manufacture and sale of assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. It then goes on to explain how it intends to do that and some of the history uh, Joe Biden has had in in terms of voting for and supporting, uh, say, the the Clinton gun ban. The explanation continues. uh, He will regulate possession of existing assault weapons under the National Firearms Act. Next up, buy back the assault weapons and high-capacity magazines already in our communities. And this one's interesting. Uh, A claim to reduce the stockpiling of weapons uh, intends to do that uh, by supporting legislation that restricts the number of firearms an individual may purchase per month to one. There are a number of other things that the president-elect Joe Biden intends to do. But let me say, as a, as a supporter of the Second Amendment and as a firearms enthusiast, I'm not that concerned. I'm not that concerned because I, uh, I, I've been lucky to have a front row seat to witness the legislative process in Washington, D.C. I, I know how, well, you know this too. You saw Schoolhouse Rock. That's about as simple as it is. And those realities are about as simple as, as the ones to inform my rationale and my thinking and my peace of mind when it comes to what might be on the horizon for firearm regulation and gun restrictions. You see, what would need to happen for most of the things that I just read off to you, really for any of this to come to fruition, it would require, it would require legislative action. And even if even if Georgia doesn't go the way of the Republicans, there will be the ability to halt any of those efforts. Now, the House, uh, you know, while Democrats did lose a good chunk of their majority, they still retain the majority. And so I'm sure that we will see a good number of pieces of legislation go through the House in the next Congress shepherded by Speaker Pelosi, that may very well tackle each and every one of these issues. The reality, though, is there is no successful pathway, regardless of whether or not Georgia wins, for that legislation to make its way through the United States Senate. And so there will be uh, much puffing of chests. There will be messages sent. There will be mailers distributed. There will be commercials paid for and put in front of your eyeballs that talk about all the good being done and all of the new restrictions that will go in place. But please, please know, please know that unless some of the historically supportive uh, members of Congress on the on the front of firearms and the Second Amendment, unless they change their position, and I'm talking uh, for the most part about Republicans here, if they hold to their historic support of the Second Amendment, uh, we, even going into a Democrat-controlled White House, a Democrat-controlled House of Representatives, that there will likely be uh, little put in place, if any, in terms of new firearms 
restrictions. All right, we're going to take a break right now as we jump into the final hour of today's episode. I'm going to welcome to the program a good friend of mine, Amy Joy O'Donohue from the Deseret News to talk about a fascinating piece of technology that, get this, turns manure into electricity. That's a fine Friday topic, huh? Next up on Live Mike, I'm Lee Lonsberry. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.